<laughs> hey, hey, guys, good morning, good morning. I hope you guys are doing awesome. <laughs> I just experienced a week from, well, now I won't say hell, but you know, uh, came close. Uh, for two and a half years, Trish and I avoided COVID and we were doing awesome and thought we were through it and then bam, you got us. Uh, so last Sunday when I recorded this uh, message, I had just tested positive. So I was feeling really, really like nasty. I tested because I was feeling bad and I thought, uh-oh. Uh, so it's been a week, it's been a whole week and I am on the mend and uh, doing better. Thank you for your prayers. If you prayed for me, I appreciate that. Um, we started camp this last week, so it hit both of us at the worst time because she was the dean of the little guys uh, last week, and right now it's going on. Right now, the little buddy camp, it's an overnight camp for little bitty guys like a, a preschool and kindergarten age uh, are there with their parents. Um, and then next week, I dean uh, junior high and senior high week, which is, you know, those older kids. And so this thing hit us right at the worst time uh, to hit us. But praise God, we're doing better and uh, feeling better. I'm almost 100% back. Not quite. A little, little uh, like fatigued. Uh, you know, if you had it, you know what I'm talking about. Things taste a little weird. And um, it just kind of comes and goes anyway in your body. Your body just kind of feels good for a little while and then it feels uh, kind of weird. And I, I guess this variant is, is not as bad as the original uh, or maybe the second one. I don't know what one we're on yet, but um, it's more like a flu. Like it's just a, it's just kind of like been like a, um, like annoying, you know, just this annoying, fluish, achy, nasty. We are back. We have risen and we are moving forward today. We are continuing our walk by faith, walking by faith. And um, man, last week, if I can remember some of uh, what we talked about, the Holy Spirit uh, and uh, said some things uh, last week. I hope that made sense. I hope the message came across correctly. Uh, we were talking about the Holy Spirit last week out of Galatians 5. And this week, we're going to get into Galatians 5 uh, this week. But I really wanted to kind of set the stage because walking by faith and the Holy Spirit, uh, they, they go together. Uh, like peanut butter and jelly, I mean, there's no, there's no peanut butter and jelly sandwich without one or the other, right? You got to have, you cannot walk by faith without the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. And we're going to see that today uh, as we go through uh, this message. And so, uh, so far we, we've said, I want to just kind of refresh our minds where we've been about faith and what uh, Paul has said, what James says, and uh, what the scriptures say. We walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, James says, faith without deeds, without action, is dead. It's useless. It's no good. So you can't have it. Galatians 2.20, Paul says, this life that I now live in this body, in this flesh, I'm now going to live by faith. I'm going to live by faith. And the Son of God who loves me gave himself for me. And then in Colossians 3, we saw that faith, what faith does is it clothes itself in Jesus. If you are walking by faith, you are clothed in Jesus. You are literally like walking in the dust of Jesus. He's just covered you. And your life is now, the scripture says, hidden in Christ. He's all over you. 
Everything about your life, everything that oozes from your life, everything that you say, things that you do, are going to reflect Jesus. If the Spirit of God is truly living in you. If you're truly walking by faith. So if you find yourself doing a lot of things that are not Jesus, you got to ask yourself a simple question. Is God, is he here? Has he come to live in me? And am I letting him have his way? Am I getting out of the way and letting Jesus do whatever it is that Jesus wants to do? In Galatians 5, where we are today, Paul is going to say, walking by faith is walking by the Spirit of God. Walking by faith is equal to, not greater than, not lesser than, it is equal to, walking by faith is walking by the Spirit of God. You know, parents say to their little children a lot, I love you as big as the sky, right? We, we hear people say, I'm so cute. Oh, I love you as big as, no, I love you more. No, I love you more. You know, we, we get into the, all that, you hear that. Well, our faith, when you think about our faith, it is big. It is big as the sky. It is huge. Our faith is, is like God. It's so big. And he's, it's made up of so many complex truths. Like faith, just faith in God, the faith of God, the faith of Jesus, the faith that God has given us, the truth of who he is, all those things that make up faith. It is so big. And exploring faith, exploring faith is like exploring the ocean. It's like exploring the universe. It's just vast. It just keeps going. You cannot even get to the end of it. There's so much there. That's why this topic, walking by faith, is not an easy one to tackle because it's so big. It's so big. How do you even begin to tackle it? And a lot of what we've been talking about is the things around faith, like, you know, things about our faith. In fact, what we've established so far in, in some ways is this, that faith is the assurance right, of things that we hope for and the uh, certainty of what we do not see. So we are most certain that Jesus is coming again based on everything that God has done so far, what he's doing in our life, what the word of God says. We know that he's going to do what he said he's going to do as well. We're certain of it. Our hope is banking on it. We are assured of it. Sure as we're sitting here today, these things are going to happen that God has said. That's faith and what's to come, right? We know that faith without deeds is dead. We know that we live by faith and not by sight. We know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can't please God without faith, without this thing we call faith. It's vast. It's so big. It's ginormous. But, but here's the thing. The substance of our faith, like the, the what is it made of of our faith, consists of a few things, a number of things. It's vast as well. But we, we're talking about like walking by faith and not by sight. And, and without faith, it's impossible to God. But, but what is that faith? Like, what, it, what, what, is, what makes up the faith? What does it consist of? 
I don't know that we ask ourselves that much. I, can, I think we just kind of know that. We kind of know it. But, but really, we talked about this last week. We boiled it down to two things. Really, our faith, the substance of our faith is two things. It's more than that, but it's two things primarily. It's one, the written word of God. It's the word of God handed down to us through the Holy Spirit in the scriptures from Moses to the prophets to the apostles, the body of writings that God went through all that trouble to write through men over thousands of years to give us the Bible, to give us the word of God so that we can read it and know it and understand the heart and the mind. God put his mind and his heart into words on paper for you and me. That's our faith as it's embodied in the scriptures on the written word, the written word of God. Well, secondly, what does our faith consist of? It consists of Jesus, who is the living word. So we have the written word and we have the living word, which is Jesus Christ, the son of God. He is the author of our faith and he is the one who came and perfected our faith. So he's author and he's perfecter. He is the word. He is the word of God, the written word of God that has become life, became flesh and blood, lived on the earth for a while. We beheld his glory. The word of God came off the pages in the form of Jesus. And so when we talk about what does our faith consist of, what is the substance of our faith, it's those two things. It's the written word of God that we can read and understand as human beings and know the heart and the mind and the will of God. But it's also, and, and, and even more importantly, it's Jesus, the Son of God, who came to this earth to die for our sins. But that's not all. Like, and that's the beauty of God. That's the beauty of the scriptures. That's the beauty of our faith. God, God doesn't stop there. He never stops. He keeps giving and giving and giving and blessing us. All through time, he just continues to give and second chances and more, more hope and more life and more love and more uh, clues to help us understand him. See, in addition, in addition to the written word, in addition to Jesus, the living word, God has given us a helper in the form of the Holy Spirit, right? He's another helper. He is the Holy Spirit. He is God. He is Jesus, he is the Christ, he is the Lord, he is the Holy Spirit. He is that third part of the Trinity of God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. All three equally God, all three separate parts of the Trinity. And here's the critical thing about our faith. When it comes to walking by faith, when it comes to trying to live our lives to please God, when it comes to doing the word of God, knowing the will of God, like being able to decipher, God, what do you want me to do? So many times people ask, right? And this is the thing we all want to know is how do I know God want, what, we, what he wants me to do? This or that or or, or, or how he wants me, what job he wants me to take, or where he wants me to live, or should I have children? So many things. We, we come to points in our life where we're like, well, I want to just know what God wants. 
How do we know that? How do we know that? Well, this is the key right here. We've got the written word of God. He's already given us that. We've got the son of God. He's already given us that. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is the key to this, these two messages. And this is a very big key to our faith. Without the Holy Spirit alive in us, without the Holy Spirit coming to live in a person, we simply cannot walk by faith. There is zero walking by faith if the Holy Spirit is not living in you. Now, when it comes to walking by faith, this is huge. Because you can know the Word of God. You can read it. It's there, right? Pick it up and read it. You can know it. There's a lot of people who know it. They're not living it, but they know it. They've studied it. They've, they've studied it like any other literature or document. They might know a lot about it. Pharisees knew a lot about it. Problem was they weren't obeying it. They weren't living it. It wasn't alive in them. It was just up here. It never got to here. And so without the Holy Spirit living in us, helping us to understand the will of God, helping us to understand the word of God, helping us to understand Jesus, who is the Holy Spirit living in us. Like he's the one that's going to lead our life, guide our life, help us to understand what God was trying to do in our life. Like the Holy Spirit inside of us is the one who's trying to make sense of the word of God and the will of God so that we will do it. And if you don't have that power living in you, you simply cannot walk by faith. You can't. There's no way. Because the Holy Spirit, he is God's deposit in you, right? It's like you go to the bank and you put a big deposit in the bank in your, in your uh, box, right? In your, in your money box somewhere and you just keep it safe in the bank. You've got your $5 million in your box locked up and you've got the key. And that money's yours. It's in that box and that box contains your millions God, when we have the whole, when we ask the Holy Spirit to come and live in our lives, God deposits in you a chunk of heaven. And now you are his and he is yours. That Holy Spirit living in you comes to dwell within you. And he's not just a lump of some object laying in you. He is the active, living, breathing Holy Spirit alive in you, wanting to work in you and work through you to do God's will. <clears throat> In Ephesians chapter one, Paul says, Paul says these words. You were marked in him with a seal. You see that? You were marked in him with a seal. It's like, you know, you close, the king would close the envelope to have it sent or the scroll and, and where it overlapped is big old wax seal. Put a seal, a stamp on it to hold it closed. And that seal represented the king. That seal represented these documents are official and they're from him. And so God, he, he, he marks you. He marks us with a seal. And what's the seal? It's not a lump of wax with this stamp on it. The promised Holy Spirit is the seal. 
that seals the deal in your life, right? He is the, the deposit, verse 14, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of God's possessions. God's coming back. And he's going to take with him his possession, his children that he has marked with a seal, that his Holy Spirit is living in to the praise of his glory. See, God says, you are mine when the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. And the Holy Spirit living in you is the guarantee of what is to come in the future. So we can see there's no way that we can live according to the ways of God or walk by faith in any way if we don't have that Holy Spirit living in us. And I'm afraid there's a lot of religious people there's a lot of religion in the world that is teaching people that if you just do the certain things or you just say certain things or you show up at a certain place at a certain time or you light a certain candle or you do certain religious things that you're good with God. Well, that is a lie. That is a lie. That's just religion. It's just activity. It has nothing to do with God's Holy Spirit coming to live in you. He is the seal in your life guaranteeing you God and heaven one day. There is nothing else. You can't buy your way there with, with candles. You can't buy your way there with, with, with statues or idols or religious ceremonies or, or, or doing certain things at a certain time during a certain day of a week. That is not what gets you right with God. The only thing that gets you right with God is when you allow the Holy Spirit to come and live in your life. You surrender completely to God. And he puts his deposit of his Holy Spirit in you. And now you are his. And he has bought you with a price. The death of his son paid the price for your sin. And that Holy Spirit now is your guarantee of what is to come. See, we're surrendered to God. We submit our lives to God. This is, this is the only way. According to the word of God, this is the only way. Now, you can follow other ways to go other places. If that's what you think is right and true, go for it. But I'm telling you, this is the word of God, that we repent of our sins and we, we come clean with the God of all creation and we confess our sins to him and we get honest with God and we get immersed into Jesus. We are baptized into Christ. And when we go into that watery grave, when we're immersed completely, not sprinkled, we are immersed, we are buried with Jesus in baptism. He forgives you of your sins. This is straight out of the scripture. And he gives you the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38, read it. And he forgives you. And he washes you clean. And he, he puts in you his Holy Spirit. He comes to live and dwell in you. And now, and only now after that moment, do you and I or anyone else have the potential to even begin Walking by faith. Think about it. Think about it. God gives to all mankind. Like another blessing upon blessing upon blessing. God gives to all mankind the written word of God. 
through people. He speaks the truth through his spirit. His, the spirit carries men along. They write what God wants. Now we have these 66 books to guide us and to help us understand the heart and the mind of God. He gives us the written word of God. Well, what a blessing that is. And then he gives us the only, his only son, Jesus, the living word of God. He gives us all this. And now what he does is he adds to the mix one more powerful person to help us on our journey. John 3 says, 1 John chapter 3 says, How great a love that the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. This does not happen without the written word. This does not happen without the living word. And this does not happen without the Holy Spirit. All now living in us when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives. This is the power. This is power now that lives in us. You don't get that through religion. You don't get that through religious activity. You only get that through surrender. You surrender to God. You understand the truth of his word and you simply surrender your life to him. And then you do whatever it is God says to do to come into this relationship with him. This is power. This is dynamite power. This is explosive power. This is the same power that created the universe in those seven days. It's miraculous power. The wonder working power of God in you and you and me, we can be filled with this power. We can be filled with God only because he has poured it out on us. And we simply can't do a thing but receive it and honor God, obey God's truth. That's it. And so now, so now walking and living by the word, by the spirit, by the Son, they're all the same thing. It's all part of what our faith is. It's this big, giant ball that keeps growing of the Word of God, the Son of God, the Spirit of God. Everything about God now is our faith, right? We're all the same. And what Paul's going to do, he's going to help us understand in Galatians 5 uh, what the Spirit's role now is in us. Uh, as we walk with God, when we combine what, what our faith is and the Holy Spirit working in us, Paul's going to help us to kind of get a handle on what this means. And so Paul's writing to the church in Galatia. And, and the biggest part of this, this uh, letter is the, the difference between grace and the law. And that's what Paul is going to kind of be hammering on because there's certain people in the church in Galatia that are trying to say, you can't get to heaven unless you keep obeying the law. And, and there's a place where the law fits, somewhere in here. Fits, it does. We didn't, Jesus didn't throw away the law. It fits somewhere. But grace, grace is greater than the law. The grace of God is bigger than the law. And so Paul's trying to help them understand some things. In chapter 1, it's, he talks about the message is the, the word of God is the message of our revelation that God has given to us. The written word of God is God's heart and mind to mankind. It's not only about Jesus, 
but it is from Jesus. Like this is from Jesus. Jesus gave us this. Chapter 2, Paul talks about his apostleship, right? That he is an apostle and what he's gone through to become an apostle because not many people wanted to accept Paul. Remember, he was murdering Christians for a while. Then he became, he saw Jesus, blinded by Jesus, and now Paul's an apostle. His life totally changed around. His testimony totally crazy. And now he's preaching the word of God. And some people aren't buying it because they think he's still like a, a, a bad guy. Chapter three, salvation is by faith and not by works. We've seen that over and over again. We're gonna see it again uh, in Galatians, in Jesus, that we are children of God, right? In Jesus, we are children of God. Chapter four, Paul's concern for them. He's still trying to gain, they're, they're still trying to gain salvation by keeping the law. And they, they don't think grace is enough. And then we come to chapter 5 and Paul says, it is for freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. See, Jesus came to set us free, to free us from the law, because the law, in the end, the law could not save us. Why? Not because of the law, because the law is perfect, but because we don't measure up. We miss the mark every time. And the law was so perfect that if you don't keep all of the law, you break one little part of the law, that throws you completely out. That, that was the problem with the law. The law was perfection, and we are not. Because we have free will, and we choose our way. And the minute you choose your way is the minute you break one tiny part of the law. And if you break one little tiny part of the law, you have broken the whole law and you're out. And so law, as good as it is, perfect as it is, it fell short with us as human beings with the will. Because maybe because God was hoping that we would choose him every time. But the fact of the matter is we don't. The fact of the matter is every one of us at times in our life do not choose God. We choose our way. We choose our will over his. And when we do that, we break, we break the law. We, we break our relationship with God. And that sin is what has separated us from God. And so Paul's dealing with these things in this letter to the Galatians and he's trying to help them understand that grace overcomes the law. Grace overcomes our sin. And so here we go in, in Galatians 5. We're just going to march through this passage and then be done. I want to point out, uh, I think, four different things about, about walking by faith according to the Spirit of God that now lives in us. And the Holy Spirit is in us trying to help us live by this faith Check this out. So Paul says, so I say, walk by the Spirit. Okay, so right off the bat, this, that's exactly what we're talking about. Paul says, look, stop walking by the law. Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Now that's trickier. That's not easy. It's, it's much easier to walk by the law because we can read it. Like we can go, okay, I know what to do. You know, we all want to know. Just tell me what to do and I can try to do that. But walk by the Spirit? Why not? Why not? I don't even know where to begin. It's trickier for sure. 
but not if we've been paying attention. Because we've got the written word. We got the living word. And now we got the spirit of God and they all are working together. So that written word, which we're calling the law, is very much a part of the process, but it's not the main point of the process. And so we pay attention to the written word of God. It is gonna be the physical thing that we do have to help us understand the spiritual things that we don't see. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. You see that? There's a Spirit and there's a flesh and they're not doing well together. They don't play together well. Like brothers sometimes. They're in conflict they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. You see what Paul says? See, the Bible's really consistent about this faith and this flesh thing. Like we've been, that's what we've been talking about in this walking by faith series, right? The faith and the flesh and those two things, they're separate. There's faith that we're trying to live by, and there's a flesh that wants to rule in us, wants to have its way in us, right? That's, that's the battle going on in our life. And you cannot walk uh, by the Spirit of God and walk by the flesh at the same time. You just cannot do it. This is why without the Spirit, you cannot walk by faith. Because if you don't have the Spirit, you are walking in the flesh. There's only two ways people are walking on the planet. Those who have surrendered to God and are striving to live according to the Spirit, and those who have not surrendered to God and are just walking by the flesh. They might have some good morals that they're trying to follow. They might have some good standards, might even be biblical standards they're trying to walk according to. But without the Spirit of God living in you, you can't walk by faith. Not entirely. You can't. See, these two things are in conflict with each other. It's a battle between the flesh and the spirit and the, and the spirit of God living in us and the spirit of the flesh living in us. You just can't do whatever you want to do because what you want to do is of the flesh. It will never be of the spirit. The battle between the flesh and the spirit in us. See, this is why, this is why, point number one is this. Walking by faith Walking by faith is seeking what the Spirit of God wants in us first. See, if we're going to walk by faith, then what we have to consider first and foremost, once we've asked the Holy Spirit to come and live with us, and we have surrendered to God, we've repented of our sins, we've been immersed into Christ, and the Holy Spirit now is dwelling in us, and the flesh is wanting to take control too, what we have to do in order for us to walk by the Spirit is truly seek what the Spirit wants. Because if you just do what comes natural, you are going to be selfish and, and, and about you, and worldly and fleshly every time. It takes effort to walk by the Spirit, and it takes nothing to walk by the flesh. 
You just do what you naturally would do. And that's walking by the flesh. And so when we choose to walk according to the spirit, when we choose to walk according to faith, we are going to do what the spirit of God wants, which means we're going to have to seek that out. See, the spirit, what the spirit does in our life is he brings a whole new level of maturity in us. But we have to seek it. We have to draw from it. We have to be in the truth and let the Spirit be in us, working it all out in us. And it takes a deeper dive to walk according to the Spirit. And it takes a very shallow one to walk according to the flesh. Verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Okay, this very simple truth Paul gives to the Galatians that he's given to you and me. So the law has its place. He's not saying the law is useless and gone. Jesus did not come to throw away the law. He came to put a period at the end of it, to fulfill it, to complete it, to say, okay, the law has brought us to this point. Jesus is like, I'll take it from here. Now don't throw away the law because that body of work still has a place in the life of a Christian, but it is not going to get you into heaven. It's not going to get you saved. It's already shown that it is going to cause us to come up short and we need something else. And Jesus then is going to give us something that the law could not. So the law has a place, but it's not going to get you saved. It used to be the focus of every Jewish church, uh, person, right? It was their number one rule for life. But now we have the Holy Spirit, and so the law has taken a back seat. Yes, it is valuable for knowing God's truth. Yes, but unable to save you and me from sin and death. Because of us, not because of the law. We were the weak link. We are the link, weak, weak link. And so the second point simply is this. Walking by faith. When it comes to walking by faith, the Spirit of God and faith, and what this is, completely, walking by faith, faith completely frees you. When you're walking according to the Spirit, when you're walking according to the Spirit of God in you, it completely frees you from being judged by the law. If the Holy Spirit is in you, you've invited him in. God has now made his home in you. You are now walking according to the spirit of God. You are freed from the judgment of the law. Without the Holy Spirit, you are still stuck under the law. The only way out from under the law is by asking the Holy Spirit, accepting what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for you. His death, his burial, his resurrection, the blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. You are now freed from being judged according to the law. How beautiful is that? You're no longer under law, but you're under grace. You're under grace. Verse 19, Paul says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Now he's going to talk about two separate bodies of things, the flesh and the spirit. Okay, these are the contrasts. The flesh and the spirit. Here's the flesh. The acts of the flesh are obvious. And we can name them. There are lots of things. Just read a newspaper. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, 
envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like, you name it. Paul says, I warn you. These are strong words from Paul. He's talking to the Galatians. They're battling with the law and grace. Do we just follow the law and we're good to go? Or is, are we under grace and where does the law fit? Paul says, I warn you. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, this is super strong. This is super duper strong. You live like this. This is for all men right now, everybody on the planet. You continue to live like this and you will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's as, that's as black and white as, as it gets. Right? You want to go to heaven? People want to go to heaven? You cannot live like this and go to heaven. This lifestyle does not honor God in any way. This is flesh. This is, this is selfish. This is all about me in my little world. This is me being God and myself, and I'm going to do what I want, me. That's what this is. Paul says, you want to live like that? That's your choice. But you cannot inherit the kingdom of God if you're going to live according to this way. Okay, so I'm not saved by the law, but I'm obligated to live according to the truths of God's word. That, that's true. I'm obligated because, because I want to live a godly life, and so I'm going to live according to the truths of God's word. So God is very serious about the life that you and I live in the flesh. He's, he's dead serious about how we live our life. Even though he saves us by grace, he wants our lifestyle on the planet to, to line up with him as a child of God's. And so we're not saved by that. But it is, it is the fruit of salvation, right? If the Holy Spirit is living in us, we surrender to God by grace, and the Holy Spirit has now come to live in us, and he's taken over this life, then guess what's going to happen? Not this stuff. Because the Holy Spirit is not going to get involved in this stuff, and if he's living in our life, he's not going to lead you here. So if you're going here, it isn't the Holy Spirit, it's you. It's you. It's the flesh. It's your flesh wanting to do whatever it wants. We're saved by grace. We're saved by the grace of God. But to obey the teachings of Jesus, it is the proof that I am saved. That I live my life to honor God. A life guided by the Spirit of God, not the flesh. This is flesh. And look, check this out. Jesus made a new covenant with us. <clears throat> right? He made a new covenant with us in his blood. In his blood, he paid the debt that I owe, that you and I owe for our sins. That we've offended God and something has to be done to take away that sin. Jesus' blood is the only thing that takes away that sin. He did the miracle. He did the impossible, right? That's grace. My part, our part, our part is in keeping the covenant like he made a new covenant in his blood. He did his part, and, and a covenant always involves two. God did his part, he keeps his covenant. 
our part in keeping the covenant together is that we live our lives to obey and trust and honor God. That's what we do. We accept his free gift of grace by surrender. It's free. I can't do anything for God's grace to have come. It's come. He did it on his own. But my part of the covenant is that I live my life to honor and worship him. And note verse 24. 24 says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. See, that's what, that's what a crucified life looks like. We talked about this word a lot, crucified. If you're going to walk by the Spirit, you're going to walk by faith. You gotta, you're going to crucify everything about you. You're going to crucify your passions and your desires. They've got to go. God's will, His truth is what has to reign in your life. And so third point is this. Walking by faith or walking by the Spirit demands that we do away with the things of the flesh. They've got to be crucified. They have got to go. They got to go. They got to go. You want to walk by faith? You want to walk according to the Spirit of God? They've got to go. So he talked about this body of sinful living, the flesh, and now he's going to talk real quickly about the Spirit of God in you and what that means in a Christian's life. Look, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit is, and he names, he names all these things, love and peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there's no law. Remember, they're trying to live according to the law. Paul's saying, look, you can't. You can't. You know it. Strive to live it, but it's not going to save you. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And when the Spirit comes into your life, this is what he brings. He is a fruit basket of love, and joy, and peace, and patience, and goodness, and gentleness, and self-control, and discipline. Verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. You see that? See what Paul says? The Spirit is this huge, 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 huge. From God, it's this huge fruit basket wherever he goes. Where the Spirit of God goes, there's nothing but all these good things. There's the joy and peace and grace and love. you got to build this up with me because wherever the Spirit goes, there's all this amazing power of God, good stuff, going to come out of the Holy Spirit, right? And if he is truly in you, fruit is going to come forth from your life. You are not going to want to do this stuff. This is not going to be a part of who you are or what you're about in any way, shape, or form. You have done away with this. You have crucified yourself of this. You are now, you are now, you are now filled with a fruit basket of God and all that could possibly come out of your life is fruit. And fruit is a number of things. It's these things, right? It's the qualities of God that burst forth in the life of a Christian when we surrender. We're available to God. That's the fruit that we're, we say, God, here I am. Use me. Send me wherever you want me to go. I will do whatever you want. If you want to take my life, God, I will lay it down for you. I belong to you, God. I know where I'm headed. If I die today, I'm good with that. Because I know where I'm going. I'm good with that. 
totally cool with it. Totally. In fact, Paul would say to live is Christ and to die is gain. I gain when I die. That's how I feel about it. Thanks to Paul. Thanks to Jesus. Thanks to the Holy Spirit. And we can have assurance and confidence in God's work, not in our work. See, fruit is a number of things. It's these qualities. It's our availability. But it's also the power of your testimony. That when you're a believer and the Holy Spirit is living in you and your life is producing fruit, that is impacting the world around you. And that is pulling people or hopefully somehow pointing people to Jesus so that the kingdom of God will grow because the fruit coming out of you is bearing more fruit in people's hearts. And they're coming to know Jesus because of what's happening in your life. That's what the Spirit of God does in you. He doesn't stop with you, but he keeps bearing fruit. The kind of fruit that leaves no doubt. The evidence in your life as a believer should be overwhelming. Not in the flesh, not in the things of the world, but in the things of God, in the things of the Spirit, in the things of the Word and the truth. It should be overwhelming that you are a child of God's. He has stamped you with his seal, his deposit, and that Holy Spirit is like bursting all out of you. Should be no doubt. If you are living in the fruit of the Spirit, <clears throat> guess what? The law can't touch you. You are not going to be judged according to the law if you have the Spirit of God living in you. The law of, of grace and truth is covering you. You are safe and secure with the deposit of God in you. And Paul says, let us keep in step. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. I love that, don't you? Like we talked about not long ago, uh, last week, I think maybe uh, the dust of the master, right? When in the Jewish times, walking down a dirt road, you know, they're getting the dust of Jesus all over them as they're listening closely to Jesus. They're bumping into each other. They want to hear every word he's got to say. And the dust, well, guess what? When we're walking according to the spirit, the dust of the spirit should cover us. It should be covering us because we are walking so closely in step with the spirit that we're covered in him. We're covered in him. We don't fall behind. We don't rush ahead. We don't confuse my wants with the, with the spirit of God's will in us. We know the difference. One comes very easy and very natural. That's you. The other requires prayer and seeking God and feeding on his word. The things of God, the truths of God. And so the fourth truth is simply this. Walking by faith or walking in the Spirit simply produces fruit. Lots and lots of fruit. And here's the tough test. You want the tough test? Here it comes. We're about to wrap this up. The tough test is simply this. If there is fruit coming out of my life, if there is fruit coming out of me, it's him in me. It's not me. And if there is no fruit in my life, that's me. It's not him. That's the big difference. 
See, if I'm not fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit, if we're not fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit, then I am allowing my flesh to run the show. I'm simply allowing the flesh in me to run the show. And I cannot walk by faith in the flesh. I can only walk by faith by walking in the Spirit of God. So our goal as followers of Jesus is to walk by faith, faithful to God until he comes. Paul's, Paul's word to the Galatians today and Paul's word to you and me today is this, walking by faith is equal to walking by the Spirit of God. And without him in you, you simply cannot. You can't. So the most important question for you and me today is this. This is it. Is he in you? Is the Holy Spirit in you? Biblically, is the Holy Spirit in you in, a, in the biblical form? Not in your way, not in a religious way, not in some way you were taught as a little kid. It, biblically, when you read the scriptures and you read what the word of God says, what, what God said, not what people have said, is the Holy Spirit in you? Is the Holy Spirit living in you? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of your life? Have you repented of your sins? Confessed them to God. Got honest with God. Went into that baptistry. Went into that watery grave of baptism. Died to yourself. Came back to life in the form of God's spirit. Now living in you. Born again. A new creation in Jesus. Scripture simply says. When we repent. We give our lives to Christ and we're buried with him in baptism. He forgives us of our sins and he gives us his Holy Spirit. That's the Bible. That's it. Do that and you're good. Ignore that and you're in trouble. He is our only way into the kingdom. The Holy Spirit living in us, that deposit, that guarantee is the only way into the kingdom. The Holy Spirit living in you, the, the only deposit. He is the only deposit in your life that God will recognize. Let him be Lord today. God bless you guys. Have a great week. I hope I get to feel better too. <laughs> I hope if you're struggling with anything, you do as well. God bless. Pray for each other. We'll see you next time.